Well, this is um, Bromley uh, and uh, on a beautiful day in the winter and I'm with Nick Corrie who's president of the Blackheath and Bromley Harriers Athletics Club and we're at Norman Park. We are down, we're looking in blazing winter sunshine um, across the field at Norman Park. We've got the track in front of us, we've set up on the back straight so we're near where the pole vault takes place. We have a very good pole vault squad um, that's growing in numbers. Um, over in front of us we can see the steeplechase barrier coming round past the shot put area and then over the far side and you may hear them break into song at some point we have all the development going on because we're building a new uh, community centre down here um, at the track um, and that's a very big change for the club and an exciting change um, but also a big challenge it's been seven years in the making um, and then as we come round the track we've got the, the, the full sort of 100 meter stretch going down to where the high jump area is and then last of all we can see the cage uh, where we have the long throws so things like the discus and the hammer and that's where the sun is coming from absolutely beating down on us um, you're really seeing Norman Park at its best if not a little bit muddy so we, I don't know how much moving, moving will do but it's a little bit muddy around the track but we'll see we're in we're certainly in the best drained area yes, and in front of us we have a covered space yes well that so this is what's protecting our pole vault um, so we have to slide that back you can see the runners that are in the ground here um, so you get sort of uh, four or five people in front of that you open up the doors uh, and that protects the mat and then you just slide it back over the mat um, and then we're ready to go once the stands are put up um, and it really is a wonderful feature of the, of the matches that we have at, at Norman Park that we're able to have a pole vault area because not every track has one um, certainly we're looking at um, a match in April against the Channel Islands. Uh, we're going to be competing against Jersey and Guernsey. Very excited about this. It's going to be really great. Um, and one of the question marks would be if we went to Guernsey, then they wouldn't have a pole vault uh, area, but Jersey does. So we were praying that Jersey put their hand up, which they did. So that's, that's all okay. So we're going to be able to showcase our athletes doing that. Well, one of the fascinating things about this area and, and there are there are many uh, is this is a very historic site isn't it uh, or a very historic club to be more precise I think yes uh, you go back to what year so we were founded um, in 1869 so we've recently had the 150th um, anniversary um, the club actually started out in Peckham um, it moved from Peckham uh, to Blackheath and then, uh, as you pointed out to me, actually, 150 years ago, we moved to this area. Um, you know, that was an interesting move because of the advent of the stretch of the railways, the reach of the railways. Um, because if you can imagine at that time, there was so much development going on in central London, there were big changes. So we, we, one of our headquarters was the Green Man on Blackheath. And that was a large pub um, on the edge of, of, of Blackheath Common. Um, that was a coaching stop on the way from Dover to central London. And then, of course, when the railways came along, that coaching stopped, that stagecoach uh, action, and there was less passing traffic through there. And then people started to realise that they wanted to move further out of London, and they were able to. Um, and so coming to this area 
Um, and of course we are the Blackheath and Bromley Harriers, so we're a Harrier club, which is all about you know really cross-country running. I mean, people know us for our success on the track and field, but the club really has some wonderful cross-country courses um, around uh, the fields surrounding uh, the West Wickham and, and Coney Hall area. Um, so it does have um, a reasonable amount of history here. And in fact, I mean, this another thing about, you know, pe and people will know this being in Bromley. One of the interesting things about um, having to get the, the planning in place for this development was that we had to have a survey done to check for unexploded bombs because, of course, we're so near Biggin Hill. I can see Chris Hilditch uh, just joining us, one of the trustees. Hello, you can join us. Um, do, do step in. I'm, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> right, you, you, would you like to introduce yourself, though? I'll just, uh, yeah, hi, I'm Chris Hilditch. I'm uh, a trustee at Blackheath and Bromley and, uh, and heavily involved in the new development. Well, thank you for introducing me to Nick as well. Which oh, I think, uh, yes, of course. We. Nick's our main man. He's a, he's a man, our face of the club. Well, thank you for arranging such nice weather for it. Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? I must say. Track's looking great. And uh, it's a shame that the stills are delayed at the moment, which is just holding us up for a month. But uh, but everything else is on course. All the groundworks are done, so we're, we're very very excited about the whole thing. I must say. Well, I'm going to go back briefly to uh, Nick for a question I was going to ask him, which was, um, apart from that very lengthy history, there's some very new history going on with this development, which we spoke about earlier on. Seven years in the making. It is seven years in the making. Of course, Chris has been absolutely uh, had first-hand involvement in that through the entire process. Um, we've finally got it, you know, into the ground. As he said, the groundworks is done. Um, before this time, uh, the track was owned um, by the London Borough of Bromley. Um, we have made a commitment as a club to take a 150-year lease on the site, and that's significant given our 150-year history. Um, so we have that line of sight and I think we could demonstrate that to the council because we have a real commitment to this track, to the people of the community um, and to athletics in the area and we definitely wanted to see this continue because the impact of Blackheath and Bromley, it goes so much wider than Bromley. I and mean, I think I mentioned to you that you know, we, we had great success this weekend at the Kent County Cross Country Championships, but we also had one of the winners um, in the Middlesex uh, Cross Country Championships as well. We attract athletes from all across London. Um, and I think it's really important because it gives such a, a good set of, um, of opportunities for youngsters in particular. Over half our membership um, are made up of young athletes, um, boys and girls, who are training together, you know, round about from the age of, of 11, 12 they come here. Um, we do have younger programmes, such as the Bees Academy, that are attached to the club, uh, where people can come in from, I'm trying to think, Chris, what age is that? From around about um, Through about five, five years up until 11, and then, uh, and then of course they can, they can join the club after they're 11, so... Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's very, very um, significant, I think, that, that impact. And what I note, I mean, I've had a number of children come through the club, and Chris has as well, is that because the kids become so um, committed to the sport and they enjoy it so much, they start to become really great organisers uh, of their own time because you know they don't want to miss training they don't want to miss the competition opportunities 
And so they start to excel in their academics because they are doing the homework because they don't want mum and dad to say, well, you've not done your homework, you're not going down the track. And they become phenomenal organisers. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not thing, something I can, you know, demonstrate. I don't sit there tracking A-level results, but I can tell you um, I'm very pleased with the performance of the, of the youngsters that come here. And a significant thing that's happened in recent years is that a lot of our young athletes are managing to win scholarships um, to the United States to study over there, just on the back of um, their, uh, their athletics performances. So it really is a, a sport that can open doors and it's opening doors for you know the people here in Bromley and the wider area. Well you've also got some uh, very big headline people that are associated with this uh, location. So Dean Asher-Smith, uh, Adam Jamili, uh, Holly Arnold and I'm sure you could name me quite a few more including on the Paralympic side of things. Well Holly of course is, a, is our main uh, pa uh, Paralympic mm. uh, star. Um, so she's a javelin thrower, uh, managed a bronze this time, um, actually all the way through to the very last throw was in, in the gold medal position. Um, but she's, uh, she's a really uh, a great athlete. Um, we do have, um, I mean, you know, they are the main headline stars of the club, no doubt. But there's a lot of success um, coming through uh, from the youngsters. And youngsters start sort of finding their niche very quickly within the club those that that really do progress this elite level uh, elite level and there is a pathway you know through the the county representation um, both in the county proper and also in the county schools there's a selection process as well um, and that leads to um, England selection um, as well for the schools international um, this year we had the Manchester International um, which saw us, uh, I think, send around about 20 of our young athletes that all had um, international selection from Great Britain um, through to England and some for, some for Scotland as well. Um, so there is a lot of uh, success. And on the, on the para-athlete uh, side, we have people like Prince Reid, um, who is uh, a T45 athlete. Um, doing very very well in the distance um, races as well so there's a there's an ongoing process within the club um, but it's all done on the back of uh, volunteers you know this is not some kind of professional sort of sports outfit um, you know people are giving their time um, to really build a platform of success for these athletes and you know that can be obviously in the form of coaching but officials are very, very important to us because you can't, athletics is a sport where everything is judged, everything is recorded, everything has to be done properly. Um, you know, there are regulations in the sprint races about the wind speed and so on. You know, the long jump, you have to be there behind the board and someone has to make sure that that's, you know, that takeoff is correct. And also that the, you know, the, the sandpit is correctly, you know, raked afterwards. Um, so we have a lot of volunteers um, helping out as well. Um, and that really provides, you know, the platform, as I say, to the to the athletes that do so well. well I noticed also that at the other end of things, you have veterans. We do, yes. I mean, this is, as I say, you know, half of the of the club are youngsters, um, but we have people carrying on competing, um, you know, right into their 60s and 70s. Uh, we have a tremendous international athlete, Helen Godsell, has a number of world records to her name. Um, she's very, very good. Um, the old uh, track manager, as was Ken Daniel, 
uh, an international athlete. <laughs> That's getting a smile from Chris, but we can't we can't knock Ken. Um, very very talented. Um, and that's the, the great thing too, is that people are enjoying their athletics for longer and longer. Um, and to be quite honest, that has an impact on our volunteering because a lot of the time you would have expected uh, these people to have made the transition to officials, to coaches, but they're not. They're still running around enjoying it, you know, still throwing things, still jumping over things. Um, and the cross country as well. Um, you know, if you look at the club races, we have a very long standing tradition in the club. Um, of having handicap races where everyone's times are adjusted according to their ability and there is a dedicated well there's a number of dedicated handicappers in the club who are recording everyone's times and making assessments before each race as to what kind of um, head start people would have in the cross-country races and in fact that was a feature um, of the track if you look back at the, the history of, of, what, of probably our most um, I mean, obviously, we can talk about Dean Rasher-Smith and Adam Jamili, but the, the, the club's greatest athlete was a chap called Sidney Wooderson. Have you heard of Sidney? I have, having had a look at the uh, historic website. Yeah, so Sidney um, really uh, was a tremendous athlete, known as the Mighty Atom, um, and he was, uh, he was the world record holder um, at the mile, I believe, the 1500. I'm not sure if he had the 800 as well, um, but he was you know really the generation before um, the likes of Roger Bannister and it was felt that he would have achieved a four minute mile if it wasn't for the Second World War but a lot of the races that Sydney did you know really well at um, and that attracted crowds were the handicap races on the track where people would be you know set off at different times on the track for these distance races and the real skill in handicapping is trying to get everybody to cross the finish line at the same time. Well, I'm, not, I'm, loving, <laughs> I'm loving the thought that if I come here uh, with Adam Jamili and if I have a fabulous day and he has an absolute stinker, I could beat the guy. <laughs> I, I, I think so. If we started you on the 10 metre line, perhaps. <laughs> yes, that, that's about it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so yes, they, there is uh, a lot of participation. We have a Masters League. Um, the, the, the Masters athletes compete uh, in, with other clubs, largely in Kent, in the Kent area. Um, and that's, uh, those competitions are held usually in the evening so people can obviously finish their day's work and then go down and compete. Um, and athletics is a great sport because everything is tracked nationally on a website called The Power of Ten. So you can see everybody else's performances, you can see where you're ranked in the age group, where you're ranked in the country. Um, so it, it, it maintains its competitiveness and its interest for everyone into whatever age group you happen to be in. Yeah, funnily enough, I, I did my first run since school days the other day, and that was the Orpington Santa Dash. Oh, lovely. And yeah, and yeah I, I get what you mean, being in a bunch of people and um, doing a run. Uh, and obviously they've become very important, uh, very popular with things like the Great North Run and so on in the last few years, London Marathon. Uh, but this is uh, a hub for aspiring runners. It, it really is and it's very good for us that the, the park run which takes place in, in Norman Park just next door, which happens every Saturday morning, has been a very, very good success um, because park run's such a great initiative it's a free uh, initiative, you get your barcode, you can turn up to any park run, not just in the country, but they now operate internationally. But that's a great way for people to start enjoying their running. 
Um, but of course being right next door to the track if they want to then take things further and get into an organized sport and they realize they've really got something that they're enjoying then you know to be able to just step in here and find out a bit about the club and take things a bit further forward then that's very very good and a lot of our members are volunteers at Park Run again volunteering activity uh, people have to be out there laying the course you know giving checking the barcodes manning the uh, the, the finishing funnel and so on um, these are things that the, the club uh, reaches into um, outside of you know pure mainstream athletics. Can you give me an idea on some of the numbers? Uh, for example, an idea of how many um, members you have, athletes, yes. uh, and, and indeed the volunteers. Yeah, so um, the volunteers, that's probably a little bit harder to do, but I'll try to put a context around that. I mean, Chris can call me out if, I, if I'm way off in my numbers. Um, but in terms of the membership, it's very simple. We, we are very near to 1,000 members. So that's, that's, um, uh, that's um, uh, for sure. What, what does a member mean? Is that a, a participating athlete or something else? No, not at all. We, we have a range of, of memberships. And of course, there are participating athletes. Um, but we have a certain amount of life members. Um, so if you are uh, an ex-Olympic athlete, for example, then you tend to become a life member. So I invited Holly Arnold, who we've mentioned mm. um, recently. She was the most recent life member uh, that we made. Uh, and that was two years ago. Um, we also have um, associate membership, so that's for people who don't compete that want to be involved in the club um, as well. Uh, we have family memberships. I have a family membership. I have a number of children that are involved um, in athletics, and that's a great way uh, to get everyone involved um, in the club as well. So, um, but membership is not just about competing. It's also being you know, part of something, being part of the club and being part of the community. Um, but of course, with all of those junior members um, that join, you know, of course, attached to them come parents, um, and they start to enjoy seeing how their children are doing, um, wanting to get involved, and that's what happened to me. I thought, well, I, I should just become a member, um, and that's really how our, you know our membership tends to grow, um, and has been so successful over the years. Well, you also said earlier that in the terms of your new development. Uh, a lot of the funding for that came from your membership. Um, what sponsorship opportunities are there for the club? Uh, do you have any uh, of those which are significant to you? Well, Chris, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, there are opportunities for anybody who would like to be involved in the club to, um, in any way, whether it's sponsorship or, or donating towards the project, um, which we will have a crowdfunding page in, in, in the near future but we wanted to see the, uh, the bulk of the building being put together and then we'll start raising money for some of the fit out costs because I, I'm sure you can imagine that some of the, the internal uh, costs are, are quite, quite costly so um, but no sponsorship we, we do have uh, a number of sponsors at the moment um, they're fairly low key to be fair we um, but we would advertise them, and frankly, we would um, we would put something together, a parcel together that would suit the person who wanted to sponsor it, whether they wanted to be uh, naming rights of the facility, for instance. There would always be a discussion. Um, but basically, we wanted to start getting the building erected. Mm. As far as the funding goes at uh, um, 
just ask Nick about. You know, the, the club sold its old clubhouse, which it had for over a hundred years, um, and, and that raised two million pounds towards the project. Uh, we had a fund where members had either uh, left money to the club or donated money to the club, uh, which over a number of years had built up to a, a pretty large sum of money, and that was that was donated to the uh, to the, the project. Um, Sport England have contributed, um, Bromley Town Council have, uh, have contributed, uh, and and the members themselves have raised yeah, a considerable amount of money towards it. Uh, and so we, we feel quite comfortable. We probably will end up having to borrow some money. Um, it's something we don't really want to do, but I'm sure you know, when push comes to shove, we will. Um, the whole reasoning behind being here is, has got a bit of a financial background anyway. You know, uh, tracks up and down the country are being closed because the councils can't afford mm. to run them. And so when we spoke to the council originally, the idea was that we would then have our fate in our own hands. We wouldn't have a situation where the council could say, we can't, don't, can't put any more money in. They pay us a grant, or they have paid us a grant over the last 30 years to run the track. Um, and subsequently, by building a facility where we can generate enough revenues that we can maintain the track ourselves, it means we've got the destiny in our own hands. And as Nick said earlier, we've got a very long lease. You know, we can we can map out what our future looks like just based on uh, um, on what we're going to get from um, from the revenues from the, the clubhouse or the new clubhouse. When is it due for completion? Well, the project's a, a 50-week project. We were 10 weeks in uh, before the delay with the steel, so I think um, we're probably another 44 weeks away. So sometime in uh, in the late summer, I think, we'll, um, late summer, early autumn, um, we'll be cutting the ro- the ribbon. And, uh, and getting going. I think we're all very, very excited about it because this has been a long time coming and, uh, and, and once we've got to this stage um, and we actually, well, I think once we knocked down the first brick we thought, right, at last, mm-hmm. we're away. And, and I think yeah, everybody's, as I say, the members have been so generous with what they've given so far and uh, I think everybody's very much uh, behind the project and, um, and, it's, and it's a great thing for the club to do something, it's a big thing for the community. I mean, I think that's that's one of the main drivers for us is the fact that we're so heavily involved. Uh, with, whether it's Couch to Park Run, which we run classes three, three times a week with, um, with people who are complete beginners and then over nine weeks train them up to be able to do a park run. Um, so we're, we've always been very, very attached to the community. My daughter came through the bees um, which is a community thing, and so did Dina, of course, who's, who's training on the far side there. So, um, I think we've always um, we've always had a very big attachment to the community, and actually building a facility where we can uh, we we can accommodate more of the community is is something that we're we're very proud of. I think that's the the, the point, Darren, about the opportunity. You know, Chris has mentioned we do uh, couch to park run every Saturday. There are about 600 to 800 people doing park run in the park right next to the track we're going to have a wonderful cafe up there that people are going to be able to come in and use and refresh themselves after the park run norman park is one of the main tracks um, in the kent young athletes league 
um, and that attracts on, uh, we have four of those matches through the summer, and that regularly attracts around about 2,500 visitors on each match to the, to the track. We also are part of the Youth Development League, which is a national league. Again, four matches attracting a similar amount of people. Uh, we then have the open meetings that take place throughout the summer. Uh, those are evening matches, which can have you know very significant amounts of, of footfall. So there's a lot of physical footfall on the site for anyone that's interested in supporting athletics. But also, you know, we've really uh, built up our our social media online as well. You know, we've got over a thousand followers now on Instagram. Uh, we've got uh, approaching 500 on YouTube. Um, that have to suffer my dreadful presence news presentations, but um, they get a lot of, of access to the things that are going on in the club as well. Um, so there's a lot of footfall and that's only growing. So I think there is a good opportunity um, for people uh, to sponsor the development um, and really you know, to support athletics in the local area. Well, for those people, um, how would they get hold of you or find those things? Uh, who's the best person to speak to about the sponsorship? Am I is you to my left here? Well, yes. I, <laughs> yeah, if anybody, I'd, I'd encourage anybody to get in touch. Um, I think we've got a sponsorship page on our on our website anyway, but it's given my it's got my details on there. If anybody would be interested in in being involved in the club in any way, uh, yeah, please get in touch. We're we're very open to to um, to any offers, whether it's uh, monetary or time, because uh, yeah, as Nick said, that the amount of um, volunteers we have who give untold hours uh, you know, is what makes the club what it is, and I think that. Um, the thing that, that Nick didn't mention, uh, as far as the community aspect, is I think over 20 schools use the track as well. Mm. So we have multiple school sports days, plus days where they just come and use the track to train and, uh, and, and get interested in athletics. And, uh, you know, and obviously we, uh, without wishing to sort of blow our own trumpet too much, we... You know, no, there is do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you, every time I, I, I see... Um, on a news channel about another stabbing in in London, I, I just think, well, yeah, it's a shame there aren't more opportunities like this for youngsters to get involved in and just to keep them off the streets and keep them from getting bored and doing stuff that they should they, they just trip into. And, and I just think this, you know, we, we take some pride in the fact that you know, we are completely open to anybody who wants to come along, any ability. And you know you can run on the same track as, as one of the fastest women in the world. It's quite a quite a, a kicker, isn't yes, it? Yes, I'm planning to do exactly that in a few minutes, um, <laughs> preferably when nobody's looking. <laughs> now, there's one one aspect of this which um, I, we haven't covered particularly so far, and I, I think uh, the clues in the name of track and field, yes, as well athletics, I think is described as. Uh, and it's very easy to look at the runners because they tend to get a lot of the attention. Mm. Uh, is there any more you can tell me about the field events here, about the strange things like the hammer? And well, I can. Nature? Well, we've mentioned the hammer, and mm. and that was a labour of love, wasn't it, Chris? Because yeah. um, we had to have a, a well, hammer cages across the country had to be significantly upgraded. Um, so that's where uh, the long throws take place. So we've got Dina just doing one of her training sessions around the track, making everyone distracted. Um, great to see her. <laughs> Don't worry, she's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it wonderful that an elite athlete like that is training at a local track? You know, it's, it's really great that she's, uh, you know, absolutely knitted into the fabric of what we do. Um, 
Uh, but we have a number of um, throws coaches that are very, very successful. Uh, we've mentioned the pole vault, of course, um, and the high jump as well. Um, we have athletes doing the long jump and the triple jump. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities outside um, the track. We this time had uh, one of our young girls, Daisy Snell, um, won um, a bronze medal at the school's international representing England in the multi-event. Uh, so she was doing a pentathlon, uh, doing five events uh, spread across the track and the field. Um, and then, of course, the other thing that we haven't talked about are the, is the race walking that we have at the club as well. The what? The race walking. Okay. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So we do. Uh, so we have um, one of the oldest race walking championships, the Johnson Bowl, uh, that takes place in Norman Park itself. Um, that happens uh, once a year. We've had great success in race walking. That's run by Sean Lightman, who is an ex-Olympian. Uh, Sean uh, represented uh, England at the Mexico Olympics um, in the walking, and now he gives back his time, bringing on a lot of our youngsters. Um, one of the sort of the, the local stars, um, international stars, Tom Bosworth, who's a, t a Tunbridge athlete, has come down and given a couple of, of evenings here at the track uh, to inspire youngsters into taking up race walking as well. And that has seen, you know, with the, the hard work of Sean, um, three of our, uh, of our girls get international vests through race walking. Um, and one of our, uh, one of our youngsters, um, Johnny Ellerton has got uh, an England vest this time as well uh, in race walking. So we have a lot of uh, success in that too. So it's not just about track and field. There's an awful lot else that goes on down at, uh, at Norman Park. Because one of the things we've been talking about uh, a fair bit in the podcast quite recently is the young people in the schools who are achieving things. Uh, and, for example, St. Olaf's. Uh, there is uh, somebody who's progressed in the uh, under-16, I think it is biathlon. Yeah. Uh, that we talked about in the current episode we've had out and it now occurs to me from what you're saying about the schools around here that a lot of the people we'll be talking about and have talked about and that you can read of on the school's Twitter or their own and other social media have come through here yes. and will be in the future it's a lovely thought actually it is and, and we, we are lucky because as Chris has said because we host a number of the school sports days they become aware of the track but also a number of our coaches are PE teachers in the schools as well, um, and parents, so they are connected um, to what we do. And that's been very, very good um, in terms of, of bringing you know, talented youngsters down into the club um, as well. So that has, has really fed through. And then, you know, a lot of, I mean, we do a lot of stuff at club level, but really the biggest uh, sporting event for the youngsters in any season is the English schools. And that is run you know, by the schools, uh, their schools have to enter them. But of course they're supported so much by their coaches in all that they do and the coaches from the club go to that uh, competition. It's, it moves around the country, I think for the last couple of years it's been in Manchester, um, but I've been to one up in, in Gateshead, I've been to, uh, to Birmingham um, for that as well. Um, and um, that the, the schools form a very, very important part of what happens, but you can only go so far with schools, uh, school athletics, and if you have the support of a club behind you, then you can really take your performance to the next level. Um, so that's why we end up having um, so many youngsters coming down here to take things, take things a lot further. Well, I must say it's been uh, a privilege uh, to be standing here on the banks beside the 
athletics track at Norman Park. Uh, clearly Blackheath and Bromley Harriers are a wonderful thing. Uh, the, the term uh, crucible of talent occurred to me just now. This is literally one of those on a, a large, quite a large scale. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful epitaph, Darren. Thank you very, very much. I'm not sure how to follow that. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm definitely not describing it as an epitaph because that gives you entirely the wrong connotations. You're definitely going on in a... a, a you cannot underestimate the challenges that you were talking about with closing tracks and council funding and so on. If you manage to come through that and you're developing, you're growing, you've got your 150-year lease, you're embedded in the community, congratulations. Yeah. No, thank you very, very much. Thank you.